This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Good evening and welcome along to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley and joining me to look ahead to this week's grass court action is our senior tennis ATP Tour handicapper. It's Sean Calvert. Sean, before we start, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you and happy Father's Day to every father who will be watching this today. I hope you've had a very nice time with your children. Thank and you. Spoiled rotten. Were you spoiled? Uh, my little boy did make me a cake actually. Oh, lovely. Um, and he made, well, he said he made dinner. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he did more than about 30% of it, but, um, yeah, it was, it was good. Thanks. Yeah. How was yours? Not very good, really. I got no. a bottle of wine and a pack of sweets and I've had the sweets and, and the missus is drinking the wine. So I didn't really get anything really sad. Isn't the it, norm, really? normal service then? Yeah. I don't, I don't even, the wine I got was a red wine. I don't drink red wine. The sweets I got the kids favorites, not wine. So they've had half the pack. I ended up with about six sweets. And they said okay. they were going to treat me to lunch. And when we got there, we had to wait two and a half hours for lunch. I complained and I had to pay for it. So really, it's a normal day for me. <laughs> Is that the same as last year and the year before? And oh, the year before? I got socks, I think, last year. And then I think I must have had some socks. I must have had socks. And um, yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever upgraded on a pair of socks. I think that's been my best Father's Day present ever. I don't think anyone's ever bought me socks in my entire life. Oh, you're lucky. I don't I, they never, not for Christmas or no. anything. No. Oh, sure. I, I get socks everywhere. I've not lived, obviously. Socks all the time there. But then what I do now is I just go and buy myself a load and load a load of stock, uh, socks. So I don't even, you know, that's what you need. I don't need any socks. So, uh, but it's still. So you got sweets and a bottle of wine instead. And it's my, 50th, it's my 50th next week. So what, what am I going to look forward to there? So I'm probably going to get more sweets more wine that I don't drink and some socks. So life in it. And I've, and I've treated the family to the meal. I've got two meals coming up, which I've paid for as well. So really nothing changes. You thought it would change, but really actually, <laughs> uh, it, I, you know, it gets worse actually as you get older. Anyway, that's enough Never about mind. our grumbling and moaning about father's day. I hope your father's out there. Hope you were sport. If you were sport, give us a message. Let, let us know what your family did for you. Your children did for you because mine did absolutely nothing. And Sean's did uh, Sean's only a young lad, but he's but made his dad a cake, which was very, very nice, much more than my two got me. They got me the wine the mum likes and uh, half a packet of sweets. So there you go. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to the grass court tennis action. We had the first week last week. Uh, we saw some good grass court tennis. We, unlucky with our picks. We were looking really well with Taylor Fritz uh, over in Nottingham. We also looked really well with, uh, sorry, in Stuttgart, and we looked really good with um, our other pick. I can't remember. Alex Diminor as well uh, over in Hertogenbosch. But both of them went out within an hour of each other, and it sort of left us with a disappointing uh, to end to what promised to be a very, very good week. Uh, let's move on to this week, though. We've got a new week. Uh, we're still 27.76 units up on the season. So 
Still well, well, well in front, heading into Wimbledon, which starts in a couple of weeks. And in London this week, it's one of my favourite tournaments of the year. It's the Queen's Club. It's now called the Cinch Championship. But obviously, if you know me from many years back, it used to be called the Stella Artois Championship, which might right up, yeah. right up my street. Uh, it's quite a good field there, assembled uh, this week. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, uh, the world number two, is the number one seed. Holger Rune is the number two seed. Jury's out on those two, whether they can play on the grass. Number three is Taylor Fritz, that man who we picked last week. He's in the bottom half of the draw. Francis Tierfo, fresh off a win in Stuttgart, and now in the top 10 in the world for the first time. A challenging Fritz is the number one American. He's number four seed. Cam Norrie leading the British hopes in the seedings, but not necessarily in the betting. Very close between him and Andy Murray. He's the number five seed. Six, Lorenzo Massetti. Seven, Alex Dimnor. Uh, and eight, Francesco Serendudo. And among, among some others that are unseeded, Tommy Paul, Sebastian Corda. Uh, we have Andy Murray, back-to-back winner on two grass court challenger events. Uh, we have Manorino's pretty handy as well. Ugo and Bear. Uh, and a few others, a few other dangerous opponents. Uh, before we go into the outright market, that's the draw. Um, Sean, give us a little bit about the, the stats here at Queen's Club and look at the top half compared to the bottom half on the bracket of the draw, which one you believe has the easiest sort of route out of the two. Yeah, as far as conditions are concerned, it used to be regarded as the, one of the quickest of the of the year, certainly quicker than Wimbledon. Um, didn't seem that quick last year. I don't know whether that was just an anomaly because there wasn't many big servers in it last year. We'll find out this year. Um, last year it was 82% holds a serve, 73.8 first serve points won, but it averages 85% and 76.1%. So not as quite as quick as, as I saw in Stuttgart last week. That's because of the altitude there. But, um, it, yeah, it's, it's normally one of the quicker ones, uh, certainly quicker than conditions that you would get at Wimbledon. 49% of the matches feature a tie break. So conditions, it's normally a good grass court test. It's normally pretty quick. Um, and I think there's a few more big hitters in it this year than there was last year. I mean, I think Krajinovic got to the final last year, didn't he? Off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Cam Norris certainly... in the final year before, wasn't he? Cam yeah, Norris. so it, it, you don't have to be a big server to, to you know, to go well here, but it, it, has, it has helped a lot over the years. It's normally on the quicker side. Um, as far as the weather is concerned, I'll be there tomorrow. You're going tomorrow as well, aren't you? I'll be there tomorrow, yep. Yeah, so I think it's going to be unsettled the first couple of days. It's it's raining at the minute here. Um, might get a, a bit of rain. Um, then it's going to sort of calm down a bit by the rest of the week. So it should be should be all right as far as the weather's concerned. So quickish. Um, as far as the trends are concerned, Feliciano Lopez is the only unseeded player here since 1998 to win the title. Um, Scott Draper won it in 1998 as the previous unseeded winner. But it has, it has produced quite a few big price winners and finalists. I, I mentioned Krijinovic a minute ago, 50 to 1. Uh, Feliciano Lopez won it at 40 to 1. Simon, Gilles Simon made the final 90 to 1. Anderson, 66 to 1. All within recent years. Berrettini's won it the last couple of years. Obviously, he won't be winning it this year, having pulled out a few hours ago. The number one seeds won five times out of the last nine editions. And qualifiers rarely go well here, but this time, I don't know whether you people have seen, but um, the qualifying draw is a little bit stronger this year because Grigor Dimitrov and Tommy Paul both forgot to sign in to the main draw, and they had to go through college to enter. It's a bit of a a bit of a schoolboy error as far as those two are concerned. But the the qualifiers, Dimitrov, Paul, Arthur Fees, Mackenzie McDonald, Jeff Wolf, they're all decent, quick court players. The qualifying draw certainly stronger than it, it has been 
in recent years. Now, as far as the outright is is concerned, I think the bottom half, I think it presents a a good opportunity. To be honest with you, I'm looking at all these eight seeds here. I'm not I'm not keen on any of them really. Um, the, the bottom half, as I said, that's got Holger Rune in it, and it is that fourth quarter of the draw that that I'm most interested in, as far as outright betting is concerned. Yeah, list of the previous winners: Matteo Berrettini, as Sean said, there's one in the last two years. Hall out injured, didn't look very well. Licano Lopez obviously won it twice before. Marin Chilich has won it twice before. Uh, and we also have Andy Murray, back to back wins on, on the Challenger Tour. He's won it five times, the record amount of wins. And he is the only previous winner in the draw on this on this section here. And it's no surprise to see him in form, being heavily bet and in the betting, right high up in the betting. Let's look at the betting for the ATP Tour in London at Queen's Club. Carlos Alcaraz is plus 225 which does seem very, very bad value to me. Uh, Taylor Fritz yeah. at $5. I think he was the one I thought out of the of the seeds you would probably fancy, but the way he disappointed last week has left a sour taste in my mouth, and I don't want to bet him again. Yeah. Cam Norrie at 900 uh, just hanging on to that favoritism amongst the Brits behind, just in front of Andy Murray, who's behind Cam Norrie at 1100 Francis Tiafro at 1100 Again, somebody you might fancy to do well, but he just comes through an absolute epic uh, again, Jean Ledestruff. I don't know if you watched that game, Sean, but the final. The, I saw the, the last bit. The, yeah, what an unbelievable tiebreak that was. That was incredible. Yeah. At the end, Olga Runa uh, plus fourteen hundred. Alex Dimonor plus fourteen hundred. Ben Shelton ridiculously low for me plus two thousand. Leheka two thousand on on grass not for me. And Grigor Dimitrov, uh, as you say, another previous winner here who had to come. Sorry, he's the other previous winner along with Andy Murray. Uh, Dimitrov come through at plus two thousand. That I've come through qualifying as well. So as Sean says. There isn't much in that top ten of the betting that really jumps off the page, is there? No, I've I've gone with some outsiders this week. I just think there's there's a lot of question marks. I'm just looking at the draw uh, here. There's a lot of question marks about all those those seeds, and I just think that they're certainly worth opposing. Most of them are. I could certainly make strong cases for opposing pretty much all of them. Really, Fritz, you would say you might forgive him last week. I personally haven't, but people will, and he's perhaps the one that you, you would think may go slightly better this week, but I can certainly see reasons to oppose the other seeds, yeah. Especially at the price of Fritz. I mean, if it was, you know, he, what were you like, we were getting him last week at five to one in a tournament. That's not, this looks look a little bit more difficult than last week. So I wouldn't bet him at five to one this time around. Well, it's a 500, um, isn't it? So it should, it should in theory be more difficult. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't see, I don't see any reason why that, but I mean, it, it's a tournament that, Looks as though there could be some shocks along the way here in some of these matches and some of these first round favourites, uh, heavy minus could be worth opposing as well. So Sean has just said it there. He doesn't like any of the 10 in the betting, top 10 in the betting. So who do you like, Sean? There's one I like in the top half and I, and I did, I'm not going to lie, I did see you send uh, a, a message through with your bet on it. I never usually really get them beforehand. And if I do, I, sometimes I don't look at them, but I did actually look at it and, I, and, and you agree. Well, I agree with you on the pick at the value and it's the best price in the world with bet rivers in the top half of the draw. And I think what you've highlighted there, take it away. I think this is the, this is the bet of the tournament for me. Yeah. I've, I've taken quarter at 40 mm. to one, which is um, if he's fit, it's, it's a fabulous price. You are taking a slight gamble on his fitness because he's had that wrist injury um, for a few months. Yeah. He has come back, you know, he came back um, towards the latter stages of the clay swing and, you know, didn't do particularly well, but, Never been a, a much of a clay man. He can play on clay quarter, but he's just lacking match practice. He's been out for a few months. But if we're looking at, if you're looking for a, a decent each way price, a guy with obvious quality, you know, if you think back only 
what four, five, six months to the start of the season when he he was going toe to toe with Novak Djokovic on the hard courts in Australia. Played fabulously well there in the quick conditions. I've always thought he's he's had the game for grass. He's played well on the grass before. Um, it suits his game. He's he's spent the last few months putting a lot of weight on. He said he put seven kilos of um, muscle on, uh, doing a lot of weight training while he was out with that wrist injury just to build his body up because he has had a lot of injuries, hasn't he? He's tended to break down with injuries and stuff. But in that top half of the draw, he's he's certainly the one that appeals. He's he's he stands out to me. And if he's able to get through this first match against Dan Evans. Um, start playing his game. I think that's a, a very big price. It's it's too big for me, so I'm happy to take a, a chance on his um, lack of match practice. But forty to one each way, I think that's great. Yeah, that is a great price. Twenty to one to make the final in what is probably you know a relatively fair draw in that top half. But as Sean says, we are taking a big chance of his of his fitness. He hasn't didn't play very well in the French Open, but admittedly that isn't a service that would suit him. This would be much more and more of his conditions. And he plays Dan Evans in the first round, an opponent he beat at Wimbledon in 2021. The only concern for me here is the early money has come for Dan Evans. Um, I don't know whether that's because uh, there is maybe any some injury for uh, full quarter that we're not aware of, or he's not 100% fit, or it could be the fact that the Brits do tentatively do quite well here with the crowd behind them. And obviously the Brits have done very well in the women's draw last week with three of the women's come through to the semi-finals in the home event and also Andy Murray's won his two grass court events so um, it doesn't surprise me to see the money come for the Brits here I'd, I would probably looking in that patriotic support rather than anybody having any you know hard evidence that uh, Corder's going to be injured so Seb Corder for Sean fully the one I, it was a price that I just looked straight away and thought that's the value because I remember something you said if he was fit that he would be you would be considering him to win Wimbledon Mm. So uh, in a tournament, they said. I think he'll win it one day. I think he'll win it one day. Maybe the, maybe come slightly too soon this year, but I think he's got the game for it. That's 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 for sure. I'm holding big prices on him to win the U.S. Open when he was doing well at the Australian Open. I was betting him at sixty-six to one to win the U.S. Open. So I'd like to have him to have a good run for that future to try to cash as well. But uh, he's certainly a talented player. He has. He will like the courts. He will like the speed. He will like conditions. And uh, at forty one, he's a standout price. That I agree with as well, and Sean on that one. Sean, you have a couple of picks in the bottom half of the draw. Again, you want to take on the seeded players and the more fancy players. You've got a few that you want to throw a couple of darts at. Who do you like at the bottom half? Yeah, I was going to take Shelton, but that price is too short now. Mm. I, I did take him earlier on, actually, at um, at 40 to 1, but 20 to 1 is a little bit short now. He's never played a match, to my knowledge, on grass in his life, but it's fairly obvious and apparent to anyone that's seen him play that he does have the game for it, the huge serve, likes to come to the net. I would imagine that in in years to come that Shelton will be a, a real force on on grass. Maybe not this time. Maybe it's maybe it's too early with it being his first tournament. But you know, you do take your chance. At twenty to one, I wouldn't be a, a better, but forty, fifty to one, which was around earlier on today, I don't mind putting a bit little bit of pizza money on that each way. But as I say, those those prices have gone now. So I've taken Ugo Umbert instead at twenty eight to one. It's just this this section of the draw here. I'm looking at this this fourth section. It's got Massetti and Rune, who are obviously much more comfortable and at home on clay. And Massetti did play pretty well on the grass last week, but it's still it's still not his surface really. And I'm happy to take him on with a, a proven grass court player in Humbert, who's won in this corresponding week of the of the tour before he won Haller a couple of years ago. Um, should be beating Ryan Pennison in the first round. Then he might get Holger Rune or Cressy. Um, I can see a way through to the latter stages for him, and then he'll pl- he'll play the winner of the third quarter, which could be could be Diminor, 
could be Andy Murray, could potentially be Taylor Fritz, possibly Adrian Manorino. I wouldn't be too worried about any of those. But my, my concern with Andy Murray at the price that he is, by the way, is just, you know, he's 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 played back-to-back weeks now, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I know it's on grass. It's a bit less wear and tear on the body, but still a lot of tennis. And he's got to play Alex Diminor, who he's not going to give you anything, is he? But we'll talk about that match later. But I'm happy to take on Bear 28 to 1 each way. He should he should have a, an excellent chance in that that fourth quarter, which I believe is quite open. He loves playing on the uh, the grass as well, and Bear, a winner on grass, as Sean said there, won the tournament we're going to talk about in a minute uh, in Haller. Uh, and he's, uh, yeah, 28 to 1, none of these. I, 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 well, I'm going tomorrow with, with yourself and meeting you there, and also I'm going with Ryan Pedersen's manager. So I don't want him to watch his podcast and says, okay. you, you'll meet him tomorrow. So I don't want you to. Uh, I, I can say it. You you can say something different. You can say. We, we'll be sitting with the Pedersen. We can't be sitting there with Ryan Pedersen fans. But I haven't, got, I haven't got the same tickets as you. You'll be in a different section. Oh, okay. I'll be in the home end. You're in the away end. <laughs> okay. So there we have it. There are the three picks or two picks officially here on the show. And one pick that if you can get. Uh, Sean's probably taken the value on it so at the 20 to 1 it's probably no value so the bets we're going to go for here in London for the Cinch Championship at Queen's Club in the top half of the draw Sebastian Corder at 40 to 1 each way uh, a very very big price for a very very talented player and in the bottom half of the draw Ugo Ember at 28 to 1 um, in the bottom half of the draw because he want, Sean wants to take on Holger Una at the tournament number 2 seed he believes is vulnerable in this tournament uh okay let's have a look at some match bets we've got three match bets you want to talk about on these matches these are all on tuesday none of these matches are featured or we're going to speak are going to be played tomorrow the first match is holger rune minus 195 up against maxine cressy at plus 155 uh the two of these players have never well, no i think they have met before i'm looking at the wrong one they've met four times before holger rune at least three one on the head's head maxine cressy his only win come in their last encounter in Montpellier. Uh, he won in a tight match, 7-5-6-7-7-6 in rather quick conditions. But Cressy is on just the terrible, terrible, terrible run at the moment. I think he's 10 matches without a win. Um, absolutely lower confidence. Holgeruna, minus 195. I know it's not his favourite surface. Uh, I know he's, uh, you, you want to take him on, Sean, but you would probably want a different opponent than Maxim Cressy at this, at this stage of his career, wouldn't you? Possibly, but it's it's horses for courses, isn't it? We you know we talked last week about Mackenzie McDonald coming here, well not coming here, but coming to Rosmarin last week on a zero and eight run. Ended up playing pretty well, made the quarterfinals. Should have should have gone further, incidentally. But um, you know you don't you don't expect Maxime Cressy to do anything at all during the clay season. I'm sure he doesn't expect to do anything at all. If he picks up a couple of wins, great. Um, but he's you know like Manorino as well. He's another one. You don't expect these guys to to win more than a match or two at best during the clay swing. But their focus, Manorino, Cressy, McDonald, all these other guys, is, is purely and simply on the grass. I mean, Cressy wasn't great last week in Ros Marlon, but at least he's had a match on the grass um, as preparation for this. I just think this this one's just about Holger Rune. It's, if if this is the same Holger Rune on grass this year as it was last year, then Cressy's got an excellent chance of beating him. I know Cressy's not coming in in great form, as I said, but that's you know, to be expected on the clay. Look at the stats on on grass. Uh, Cressy's all-time stats, 11 wins, 6 losses, and a, a 103 service points, 1 return points, 1 total, which is which is pretty good. Um, Rune is 0 and 3 and 93. So unless he improves massively, Holger Rune, which, which he might, you know, he, he has said that he's 
been putting the work in, wants to be better than he than he was last year. I suppose he's bound to say that. You know, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? We'll see in a day or two whether whether that's the case. But playing Cressy, you're not going to get any sort of rhythm at all. You don't get anything from Cressy. Big first serve, big second serve. If he hits an ace, great. If he hits a double fault, well, so be it. Let's move on. Um, Cressy will fancy this. As, as you said, he beat Rune indoors in Montpellier in February. I, I think Cressy's got an excellent chance here. This is this is the match you don't want if you're Holger Rune. You want to play someone that's going to give you a bit of baseline rhythm. You don't want to play Cressy first up on, on grass. So happy to take Cressy here at... Um, He's about what plus one fifty five. Plus one fifty five is the price of Maxine Cressy. Yeah, yeah, happy to take Cressy. This this strategy could all go wrong if if Rune, if Rune turns up and he's he's suddenly becomes some sort of grass court ace. But I don't think it's as simple as that. It takes a while to get used to this surface, and we'll see if Rune's um, able to do it. I wasn't, you know, it's not like he's come here from the French Open, Rune in great form. He was he was scratchy, wasn't he, in the French Open? Should have lost to Serendolo. Did lose to Rune. He's not coming here in fabulous form either. So, yeah, Cressy for me there. And obviously last year, uh, hasn't didn't win a game in, on grass. Three matches, he won three defeats. Set. Yeah, one he won, set. And that, and was he got against, that was against Peniston. Yeah, I was going to say, lost to Ryan Peterson here, who's uh, outside the top 200 in the world ranking. So, Rune, a vulnerable favourite, minus 195 for Sean, just on the spread. If you want to play the spread, it's two and a half. Maxine Cressy, heavy favourite, plus two and a half at minus 139. Rune, Giving up the start is plus 108, and the total's rather high here, 24 and a half, which you would expect in the Cressy match on grass. A lot of tie breaks. Could be another one on the court there. But uh, to start off with, a favourite we want to take on. Sean's strategy here on this tournament so far on the matches and on the outright is to oppose Holger Rune and look for some better better markets to get on. He thinks the, the, the Dane is vulnerable in this draw. Okay, the next match is uh, probably the... Biggest match of the uh, of the first round. Very interesting one. The Brits will be out and force a cheer. Andy Murray on, who is just pr- producing the goods yet again. Back-to-back wins. I don't know if you know, Sean, since um, Andy Murray had a little chat with me at Surbiton just before his first round match, he's, he's on an 8-0 winning run. Hasn't, hasn't lost the game. Just lost one set. I don't think you, that's coincidence. You're crediting this to yourself, are you? I don't, well, I don't. I just don't think it's coincidence, personally. I think there must okay. be something to do with it. I think the key words I said to him... A little motivation speech, a bit like Ted Lasso kind of sort of motivation speech I gave to him. He seems to have taken it on the stride, what I said. And um, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not saying it, anything to do with me, but it's just something that's uh, worth bearing in mind. Anyway, uh, maybe Gibnall, you should join his team as a as a consultant. I can't. Bet Rivers are contracting me. I can't. Ah, there I, you I, go. I've, I would. I, I've. I've. They've, I've asked. They've. I've answered their emails many times, but I can't. Uh, oh, wow. Sorry if you're watching, Andy, but uh, yeah, anyway. But he hasn't lost since I spoke to him. So there you go. It's a uh, coincidence or not. Could be the Wimbledon champion. I don't know. But uh, I, but when I'm there with him on to get the Sports Person of the Year award, it might be. Anyway, that's a long way off. But uh, this match is going to be a tricky one for him. Alex Diminor, minus 132, our pick last week up against Andy Murray, the man in form. Back-to-back uh, tournament wins on grass. Challenger events, plus 107 for Andy Murray. Minus 132 for uh, Diminor. The handicap here is one and a half. Minus, one, uh, one, minus 105 for Diminor giving up the one and a half spread. Andy Murray receiving the one and a half is minus 122. Remember, there's 28 different markets so far. There'll be more matches in the morning. This is an early start. All these matches are already start. These will be on Tuesday, 6 a.m. So you've got a day tomorrow. But if you want to take the prices that Sean's uh, t- uh, suggesting, you want to go ahead to the Bet Rivers website early. Totals here quite low, 22 and a half. I thought that was very, very low, but I can understand why, given Murray could have a bit of fatigue. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think the, the, the totals is also about 
how well these two return, you know, and break serve rather than rather than holding a lot of the time. Um, and as you say, fatigue. Murray's played back to back. Surbiton and Nottingham won them both, as you said. I think this is purely and simply about what Murray is still capable of doing on this surface at this level, and and that is a little bit of guesswork. If you look at the all time main level grass stats, um, Diminor's a okay his, his win rate's not great 59 percent. it's all right 59 percent. it's not brilliant service points one return points one totals um Dimino 104 murray 108 with his 82 percent win rate so his career stats on grass are outstanding can he still do it well let's look at the shorter term data last 10 matches both have won seven and three seven wins three losses both of them Diminor's service points one return points one total 107 murray 106 so you can see why it's priced up as tightly as it is. Um, my sort of lean here is is the over games or the over sets. Um, yeah. Over 22 and a half, you could certainly take um, over sets for a slightly bigger price, probably get about 2.4, something like that, I should think, on on the over sets. Um, it's, about, it's, a, it's a physical match, isn't it? It's Diminor's going to make Murray work extremely hard. I mean, with all due respect to some of those people that he's played in, Surbiton and Nottingham, they're not, they're not top class. But it, it, it was a great um, preparation for, for Andy Murray to come into this and, and to come into Wimbledon. It's just a question of whether he can still do it. Diminor's beaten him three times out of three, hasn't he, in all their, their meetings. Mm-hmm. The last one, I think Murray will be gunning for revenge here because he was absolutely appalling against Diminor on the clay uh, a couple of months ago. He, he won't have forgotten that and he'll be out for revenge here. I, I do like the over games or over sets. It's more of a lean, really, because I, I think Murray should be a slightly bigger price. This price that he is right now i think it's just a squeak on the short side for me i, I, I tempted to back murray but my lean here will be over games or over sets yeah over games 22 and a half sets uh, head to the betrooms website to look at that along all the special props they have on this match the final match in london on tuesday is the american number two could be american number one over a good week here francis tfo a recent winner in the tournament Sean was at last week in Stuttgart against Botic van der Sandschup, uh, TFO minus 235, Botic van der Sandschup plus 180. Now, this looks like a reactional price here to me. This looks like uh, Francis TFO's 4 0 on grass. He's just won a, a, a tournament, a, you know, a decent tournament, decent, quite like field, played exceptionally well, had a lot of long matches, a lot of really long matches in that tournament, long, long games going to the final set, tie breaks in the final set. And now he's 235, minus 235 against the, an opponent who reached the semifinals here last year, got beaten by Berrettini, and also reached the last 16 at Wimbledon last year when he got beat by Rafael Nadal. Someone who can play on grass. Um, just my first reaction is, it looks a bit of an overreaction on the Francis Tierfoe flies, minus 235. Yeah, I think, I'm not sure Tierfoe's going to be up for this. Mm. He might be, but it's a very quick turnaround. Very, very quick. In you know, these ATP 500s, there's no there's no buys. Um, so the first matches will be played either Monday or Tuesday. It's not like he can wait around sort of um, like he could in a 250, wait till sort of Wednesday, Thursday to start. He, he doesn't have that option here. He's got to come from the, the high altitude, well, the altitude of Stuttgart to, to Queen's Club, different conditions. He hasn't got long to adapt and um I think there's no doubt that Van der Zanskort will, will certainly have more in the tank. He's he's barely played recently. Um in fact he he kind of fell apart a bit, didn't he, after that Munich I think it was Munich disaster when he when he lost to um Holger Rune, having had a ton of match points and you know produced a, a shocking choke. But 
you said, as you said, he made the semi-finals of Queen's Club last year. His, his record on grass, he's, he's not played that many matches. He's only played 12 matches, but he's won seven of them. Um, and his service points won with 10 points. One total is 103, which is actually better than TFO's all-time total. Um, I haven't added the stats of the, of the Struff match because I haven't got them yet, but the last 10 matches on grass, they've both got identical stats. Van der Zanskoop, 6-4, win-loss. TFO, 6-4, win-loss. And they're both on 103. Service points won with 10 points, one total. So... On that, you would price this a lot tighter than than the layers have it. They met once before, and it was it was kind of a peculiar match. I think it was in Washington D.C. I think, yeah, um, it and it was suspended several times because of lightning. It was a bit of a weird one that, and Van der Zanskop ended up hitting eleven double faults that day. So it wasn't it wasn't his best day on serve. I just think this is a it's too short. I mean, Tifo's going to be tired. He's going to be he's got that adrenaline as well pumping through his body after winning that title. And now he's got the come down. And he's got a tight turnaround. Plus three and a half games is is my bet here on um, on the Dutchman. Yeah, I was going to say that spread here is minus three and a half to Francis TFO plus one hundred five. Botic van der Sandtrup minus three and a half. Sorry, sorry, start again. Uh, the TFO giving up the three and a half is plus one hundred five, and van der Sandtrup plus three and a half is minus one thirty six. So the totals are twenty two and a half, and it's around about minus one ten the pair. So that's an official pick for you, Sean. Van der Sandtrup plus three and a half at minus one thirty six. Yeah, I think we have to take a, a chance on the prices that, that we've got here based on TFO's likely fatigue, yeah. Okay, so that's the only one of the three bets. The only official pick in the first round for Sean on Tuesday is Botic van der Sandtrup plus three and a half totals up against Francis TFO. who must be absolutely exhausted from his uh, win uh, in a marathon match against Jelle Struff uh, in Stuttgart just this afternoon. Okay, let's move to Haller. And it's a tournament that um, for many years has been dominated by a certain Roger Federer. Roger Federer used to play here every year ahead of Wimbledon and win it most of the times he played. And it's not had, it's not got the, the quality of fields of the past, but it's got some decent players in it nevertheless. Uh, before we look at the outright market, Sean, um, give us the court speeds, the conditions and what we need to find in a winner here in Haller. Yeah, similar to Queen's stats are very, very similar. Slick, low bouncing, quickish. Uh, grass court often quite slippery. Seen that you see a lot of players slip over here more in Haller than than anywhere else that I've seen. Uh, you do get some quite peculiar sh- uh, shadowing from the um, from the roof. It's got a roof which can, I think it can close in eighty eight seconds. I think they said um, if it rains, it's got eighty eight seconds to close. But it does cast a really weird shadow over the court, and it sometimes leaves parts of it quite quite sort of damp and, and kind of slippery. Um, Queens is a, a t- just a tiny bit quicker in terms of the stats. This average is 84% holes and 74%, 74.6% first serve points one. So just not quite as quick as, as Queen's. Um, it's supposed to be warm, but with thunder showers and rain in the forecast. So that roof might well come into play some point this week. And as you said, dominated. The, the trends, are they're not brilliant because they're dominated so heavily by, by Roger Federer, who won it so many times. But it has produced some big price winners. Florian Meyer won here at 66 to 1. Hugo and Bear won it 33s a couple of years ago. Uh, Borna Chorich won 50 to 1 as well. Uh, I think it was 2018, beat Federer in the final. Uh, qualify, no qualifier, no qualifier actually since Nicholas Kulti in 1999 has made the final. So qualifier is not a fabulous record. So, um, yeah, those are the conditions and the trends in Halle. Let's have a look at the contenders. Number one seed, Daniel, Daniel Medvedev. Number two seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas. Number three seed, Andre Rublev. Number four, Yannick Sinner. 
Number five seed, we have... Uh, where is number five seed? Oh, we don't have a number five seed. We have a number six seed. Oh, it's because the draw's been uh, moved it was, around. It was it? Felix. Uh, Felix yeah. seed. Number six, Hubert Hercash. Number seven, we have uh, Borna Corich. Number eight, now Batista Agut. And then we have a number so- nine seed who's got in the bottom half of the draw, which is Alexander Zverev. So Felix Auger-Alessin pulled out earlier today, which means that uh, Alexander Zverev has become now the eighth seed, but technically number nine seed in this list. Um, you look at those... Play again. This looks a tournament where you might want to oppose the top seeds. Medvedev opposable, Sitsipas opposable, given his form. Yannick Sinner didn't play at all well last week. Andre Rublev on, on grass, not for me. Um, let's look at the outright market. Uh, Daniel Medvedev is the favorite, plus 350. Yannick Sinner is six dollars. Alexander Zverev is 800. Stefano Sitsipas, 800. Herbert Herkash, uh, plus 900. Andre Rublev is 10 to 1. Nick Kyrgios, um. 1100 was abysmal last week. If anyone watched it, Nicholas Jarry, uh, 2000, Dennis Shapovalov, 2000, and John Lederstriff, another player who must be absolutely exhausted and probably not really fancying it after the week he had in Stuttgart at 2500. Um, where do you see the value on the outright draw? Well, I took 50 to one earlier on today about Roberto Bautista. I got, and that was, I imagine that's gone now. I should think it's some way shorter than that. Um, you'll probably be able to tell me the, the current prices, but thirty um, to one. Okay, thirty to one, still still reasonable. Um, obviously not as good as fifty to one, but I think that's the only value I can say. I wasn't going to have a bet um, in this until um, until Felix pulled out, and when when a seed pulls out so late that the draw gets moved around. Now, Bautista Agut was originally going to play Zverev in the first round, so he would have been a, a I think he was about a two to one underdog priced up against Zverev. Now he's got, I think, Daniel Altmaier, who is not only not up to anything on grass, but he also retired in in um, in qualies. I think it was today, Altmaier. So a, a much easier first round opponent for for Bautista a good. Now, um, if we're looking at Bautista, he's got good long term and short term data on grass. Um, both both these service points one and return points one in the long term and in the short term are, are very very good. Where is he? Uh, One hundred and five all time and one hundred and seven in his last 10 matches. He's been injured. He's been struggling with a foot problem for quite a few months now, but I'm presuming he's fit now, uh, back for this grass season. The, the clay season, it's never really great for him anyway. He needs much quicker conditions. Played really well start of the year in quicker conditions. Um, and he's also got a very good record against um, against Daniel Medvedev. 4-2, I think it is, win-loss. And he also beat Medvedev on the grass of Mallorca last summer. Medvedev's coming here I don't know whether he's just tired. He's played a ton of tennis. That French Open, he looked tired. Another weary performance in Rosmarland last week. Lost to Manorino. Not sure I'd be with Medvedev at this at this particular moment in time. So I'm, I'm happy to take Bautista. I was very happy to take him at fifty to one. Um, I still think he's all right at thirty to one. To be honest, each way he's got yeah. a decent record here as well. Nine five win loss. Yeah, he's in that uh, top quarter. Medvedev will be his opponent in the quarterfinals. When you look at his draw, he should. Progress through to the quarterfinals without Maya and put the winner of Miyima and Nakashima before he plays Medvedev, who's not a certainty he's got against uh, Marcus Giron in the first match of the America, which would be a tough match for him. So at 30 to 1, Roberto, a bit Batista, a good, in each way, easy for me to say. And each way, bet for you, Sean, at the price? Yeah, yeah, each way, yeah. Each yeah. way at 30 to 1. Let's have a look at the few matches. We've got three quick matches we're going to have a look at here at Halla. Uh, let's start with the first one. Borna Koric minus one ten against Alexander Bublik at one eleven. Now this match doesn't start until Tuesday. Remember again, it's an early start. The Koric is the seventh seed here. Bublik is unseeded, but Bublik obviously uh, last week beat um, lost to Yannick Sinner 
uh, in a bet that we took him to uh, to win the first set, but he didn't put, perform in that match. Uh, so a pick and match here. Bet Rivers can't split them. Can you split them, Sean? I just think it's Chorich's poor record on on grass, and this is Bublik's you know, one of his one of the times of the year for him. Um, Chorich's grass stats aren't great. He did win this tournament uh, five years ago, but not really done much on grass since. He's uh, his, his overall record is 11-11 win-loss and his service points won, return points won total 96. That's not good, not as good as Bublik, who's 21-14 on this surface and 101. So some some way better for Bublik. The last 10 matches, Bublik's also better. Both 6-4 win-loss, Courage 97, Bublik 104 on the service points won and return points won total. So Bublik ahead on the stats. Courage is also pretty patchy against big servers. He's 8 wins and 15 losses against the ones that I've got listed as big servers in my database. So there's a lot to like about Bublik's chances, but I I wanted, I don't know whether I'm just being greedy here, but I wanted, you know, about 11 to 10. I wanted odds against about Bublik. I, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable backing him at odds on, but as you say, this match isn't until Tuesday, so you might get a bit of odds on, or you might get that in play. Uh, sorry, odds against, you might get that in play. That's that's what I like on this match. Yeah, I agree with you there. I wouldn't back, I, you know, you're not trusting courage, but you've got to trust public odds on as well. That's a difficult thing for me to get my head around. Yeah. Uh, another match where it's quite a pick and match is the match between Lorenzo Senego, the Italian, up against Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios was absolutely dreadful last week, as I said. Uh, Senego is minus 104. Uh, Kyrgios is minus 121, uh, despite Kyrgios' terrible performance against Wu, which was his fifth successive defeat, and he hadn't played since the tournament I watched him at in Dubai in the, in December. Uh, he, he was dreadful there. He's been dreadful last week. Uh, they, they've met twice before, though, and the Kyrgios has won with ease in both matches. But uh, I can imagine Sonego being quite popular at minus 104. Yeah, we haven't got much time left, I don't think. But this is just about Kyrgios' fitness. He was he was nowhere near fit against against Wu last week. If, if you think he's much better, then fine. Um, I think Sonego... It would would be a bet if he was a bigger price, but it's got that injury built in, hasn't it? I mean, Senego was 8.63 and 3.21 in his two prior matches against Kyrgios. Now it's just a shade of odds against. Um, some people might still consider that value against this injured version of Kyrgios, but yeah, I'm tempted to back Senego, but again, like Bublik, I just want a bigger price. Anything on the last game very quickly? Harris is Shapovalov? Yeah, Harris got a great record against Shapovalov. Great record against left-handers as well, beating Nadal. He's won 12 his last 13, Harris against um, left-handers. I like, just very, very quick, I like the over two and a half sets here at 2.4 with Bet Rivers. I could go on for ages about Shapovalov. He was in awful form again last week, but um, very, very quickly, over two and a half sets in that one. I think that'll be close. There you go. That's the official bet. Over two and a half sets. Harris against Shapovalov. A close game. Follow us on our Twitter account. Myself and Sean will be at Queen's Club tomorrow at Because We Win. Also on our Instagram account at Because We Win. Download the podcast on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match and follow us on Instagram. Sorry, not Instagram. Follow us on YouTube at the Bet Rivers Network. Take care, everyone. See you tomorrow, Sean. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.